0: This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals only. Welcome back to another episode of the Hepatology Knowledge into Practice podcast, in which we discuss the latest evidence in hepatology with leading experts in the field. In this first series, we're exploring non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, or NASH, and in this episode, we'll take a closer look at its associations with type 2 diabetes and obesity. We'll first review what current literature says about this, and then we'll be joined by Professor Giulio Marcassini, who helps lead the development of European guidelines on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. This episode is accredited for up to 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credits, so to claim your credits, go to diabetes.knowledgeandpractice.com to complete a pre- and post-activity assessment. As we discussed in the previous episode, NASH is a condition that occurs in around 20% of individuals with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or NAFLD, and it arises when steatosis causes cellular ballooning, inflammation and cellular damage. This puts patients at high risk of poor outcomes, including cardiovascular events and hepatocellular carcinoma. While NAFLD has a fairly high prevalence among the general population at around 25%, this is even higher among people with metabolic disease. One 2017 meta-analysis by DIE and colleagues included data from 36,000 people with type 2 diabetes and found a prevalence of 60%. This increased to 78% in those who also had obesity. So there's clearly an association of NAFLD with both type 2 diabetes and obesity. But what's behind this relationship? The relationship between NAFLD and type 2 diabetes has been described as bi-directional with the most important link between these conditions as insulin resistance, as written in a review by Pader et al. in 2021. When insulin resistance occurs, this compromises the capacity of insulin to regulate lipolysis in the liver, adipose tissue and skeletal muscles. The beta cells of the pancreas therefore try to overcome this by secreting more insulin. NASH in turn drives insulin resistance resulting in a vicious cycle of increased lipolysis and adipose dysfunction. On top of this, in the setting of type 2 diabetes, insulin clearance is also suppressed, leading overall to hyperinsulinemia, which causes hepatocellular ballooning and lobular inflammation. In turn, NAFLD has been shown to increase the risk of type 2 diabetes. Observational studies have showed that in patients with resolved NAFLD, the risk of type 2 diabetes tracked over a five-year period was lower than in those with current NAFLD. This has also been demonstrated in three meta-analyses. The most recent of these, published in 2018 by Mantovani and colleagues, showed that the severity of NAFLD, mostly assessed through imaging, directly correlated to type 2 diabetes risk. Furthermore, in the setting of type 2 diabetes, NAFLD increases the probability of developing complications of diabetes. One study published by Targa and colleagues in 2008 found that in people with type 2 diabetes, those with NAFLD had double the risk of developing chronic kidney disease or advanced diabetic neuropathy than those without NAFLD. And what about obesity? While not all patients with obesity present with fatty liver disease, there's a close relationship between obesity and liver fat. As described by Godoy Matos and colleagues, Naffled prevalence in people with obesity varies from 60 to 95%. There also appears to be an association of obesity with more severe fatty liver disease. The worldwide prevalence of obesity among people with NAFLD is estimated to be 51%, while in people with NASH, the prevalence is 81%. This is reflected in NAFLD being widely referred to as the hepatic manifestation of metabolic syndrome, and in the ongoing discussions around updating the definition of NAFLD to metabolic-associated fatty liver disease, as proposed by Eslem and colleagues in 2020. The pathophysiological mechanism behind this appears to be connected to fat distribution, specifically abdominal obesity. In a cohort study published by Kim and colleagues in 2016, 2017 patients were followed for 4.4 years and it was found that visceral fat area, as estimated by ultrasonography or computed tomography, was longitudinally associated with the incidence of NAFLD, whereas larger areas of subcutaneous adipose tissue were associated with regression of NAFLD. So what does this mean in a clinical context? Today we're joined by Professor Giulio Marcosini, who has dedicated much of his research career to this area and helped lead the development of guidelines on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease jointly published by the EASL, EASD and EASO in 2016. He's Alma Mater Professor of Clinical Dietetics at the University of Bologna in Italy and Honorary Professor of Fatty Liver Disease at Aarhus University in Denmark. His disclosures are available in the episode notes where you can also find links to the references discussed today. So firstly, NASH and type 2 diabetes have been shown to have a bidirectional relationship what do we know about the reasons for this?
1: Oh, this is a very important question because we are all aware that uh, the majority of patients with uh, diabetes, uh, I mean type 2 diabetes, also have NASH. And uh, the opposite is true, that is uh, about 40% of patients with uh, NASH definitely will have or will develop diabetes. The reason is probably the a, a common pathogenesis disease all these uh, uh, cases are due to uh, the underlying insulin resistance, which is probably the key message uh, in uh, this relationship. And uh, uh, what, what does the insulin resistance mean? It means that the insulin of, per- of these individuals do not act, does not act exactly as it should do. And it has a lower uh, capacity to manage glucose and glucose is turned into fat and fat accumulates all over the body.
0: And building on what you just said about insulin resistance, it's been suggested that NAFLD and type 2 diabetes are actually two different manifestations of the same pathology of insulin resistance. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, I definitely agree. The the problem is, uh, which comes first? Because uh, um, there is now evidence that uh, they are not only the, a common, uh, a common disease and a disease that derives from the same uh, um, metabolic impairment, but it's also possible that the accumulation of fat in the liver is the primary uh, um, event finally leading to diabetes. This is very important because we all know, how much diabetes is uh, uh, expanding and is growing in its prevalence in, uh, in the community. And this means that if we were able to reduce the amount of fat in the liver, we should possibly also reduce the burden of diabetes in the community.
0: And likewise, what do we know about the link between obesity and NASH? Uh,
1: the, the three diseases are uh, intimately connected. Obesity is uh, uh, clearly associated with uh, diabetes and is clearly associated with NASH, about, uh, let us say, 60 to 70% of people with obesity and depending on the amount of, of um, let us say, of the severity of obesity, may have accumulation of fat in the liver. And uh, the problem is so uh, the, these three diseases are so intimately linked that somebody also speaks about uh, diabetes. That is uh, the, uh, the the common association between diabetes and uh, obesity makes uh, a, a single disease which is called diabetes. and as such, it also involve, involves involves uh, the accumulation of, of uh, fat in the liver. As long as uh, uh, fat accumulates in the body, it accumulates um, outside the common adipose tissues, that is uh, where it should be stored, but accumulates in organs. And uh, this makes these organs at a major risk, uh, risk of impairment in their function.
0: So given these links, should we suspect NASH in cases of type 2 diabetes and vice versa, and similarly in cases of obesity?
1: Definitely. This is uh, the the problem because uh, uh, we now know that uh, the amount of um, the accumulation of fat in the liver may be in some way uh, not pathogenic in terms of uh, a uh, great di- of, uh, dysfunction of the liver itself. But as long as uh, it uh, accumulates more and more, and uh, possibly in the presence of uh, diabetes and obesity, uh, it uh, may evolve towards more severe liver disease states uh, that is from uh, uh, pure fatty liver to NASH and to uh, fibrosis, which is somewhat an irreversible condition leading to cirrhosis. And after cirrhosis, we also have the evidence that fat may trigger the development of hepatocellular carcinoma. And uh, uh, all this makes uh, diabetes and obesity, not only uh, diseases uh, of, um, of the whole body metabolism, let us say, or glucose metabolism, or lipid metabolism but it makes obesity and diabetes also diseases accounting for a great deal of patients with liver disease.
0: What's your takeaway message for clinical practice for both hepatologists and colleagues in other disciplines?
1: I would stress this point because the main goal of patient of uh, individuals carrying uh, uh, patient with uh, uh, obesity is uh, to help them to lose weight. And uh, this is definitely important, but more important is to look if they really have uh, the, um, a liver disease which is progressing towards more advanced stages, which makes uh, um, weight loss mandatory. And um, this also implies that we have to use all uh, possibility, to, all, all possibilities to uh, help these patients lose weight and uh, to restore a normal weight, including bariatric surgery that, for example, has been shown to, um, to reduce the uh, progression of liver disease toward fibrosis and improve also uh, liver-related and overall survival in patient with obesity. The same is probably true for new drugs, which are now on the horizon, able to reduce massively the amount of body weight. And uh, these drugs are GLP-1 receptor agonists, which are commonly used in the, term, in the, in the presence of diabetes. And the same is true for diabetes patients. That is, we should not only take care of uh, these patients in terms of their cardiovascular, effect, uh, cardiovascular complications or renal complications or microvascular complications. But we must be very well aware that they may also develop liver disease. And this is not uh, uh, definitely in the, in the hearts of most uh, uh, um, specialists or primary care physicians because they are not uh, um, prepared to take care of the liver in these uh, uh, sick patients.
0: And do you have any final thoughts or insights that you'd like to conclude with?
1: If I have, uh, um, uh, I could add uh, something to my last uh, uh, answer that is uh, the the problem of preparedness of the the, uh, specialists and the primary care physicians is a major problem is a major problem because they uh, usually uh, do not uh, use all their uh, possibility to to detect patients at at higher risk of developing advanced liver disease. And uh, this can now be commonly done with very simple uh, uh, algorithms based in the biomarkers which might be available to everybody. I mean that uh, all patients uh, that uh, take care of patients, uh, all the um, physicians who take care of patients with uh, diabetes and obesity should be prepared to calculate the risk of uh, advanced fibrosis or uh, massive steatosis in these patients. And uh, as such, to take care of the possible complication. And this is also on the side of the patient uh, because uh, um, commonly patients with diabetes are very well aware of their risk of developing uh, um, cardiovascular disease or renal disease, but they are not equally uh, uh, um, informed about the possible risk of liver disease which can be... Uh, blunted by the uh, correct calculation of these uh, indices and by uh, surveillance, by uh, um, liver ultrasonography.
0: This brings us to the end of today's episode. In summary, NASH is closely linked with type 2 diabetes and obesity, so the presence of one of these conditions may be caused for suspicion of the others. Join us again in a few weeks' time for the next episode on NASH and we'll be discussing advances in non invasive screening techniques. So, subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be the first to hear it. To claim CME credit for this podcast and find other free resources, go to diabetes.knowledgeintopractice.com. See you next time.